Today in the studio, I'm joined by Floyd Jones. I'm going to start that over because that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I always, you know how you get choked up? You're like, I can I be know, on the podcast. Jo- <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> okay. I can't. Let's try that again. Let's Here we go. Let's try it again. Hey everyone, it's Noah Barnett from Feather, and today in the studio, I'm joined by Floyd Jones. Floyd is the Community and Partnerships Lead at GiveButter. Hey Floyd, thanks for being with me. Hello, hello. I'm so excited and grateful to be here. Yeah, and our connection goes way back to when I was running marketing at a company called Cosvox, uh, probably seven, eight years ago, maybe four or five years ago, something like that. Right. Like, okay, it's probably like four years ago. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So four years ago, we interviewed you for a case study when you were at Volo. And Mm -hmm. what was the what's the full name of the nonprofit you were with? So I was with the Volo Kids Foundation. Volo Kids Foundation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were just highlighting the success you have. And now we're here. Uh, You're working in kind of the fundraising community engagement space at GiveButter. And I'm excited to kind of unpack that a little bit more, like even the transition from working in at nonprofits and doing community stuff mm. to now working in nonprofit technology and even some of the parallels and kind of those shared experiences, both from your time in the chair, but mm. also as now you are mobilizing people in the chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do that, I want to unpack one quick question, which is, you know, what was the first brand or marketing campaign that made an impression on you? Ooh, that is a hard question. I feel like I've always been attracted to very simple designs and very, you know, sleek images, sleek designs, sleek, sleek, you know, messaging and whatnot. And so a few pop out in my head, you know, one is Simple Modern. I love their products. And uh, recently they were on one of my favorite podcasts. And I was like, it just kind of reinvigorated the fact that I love them so much. Um, I also, this may or may not be controversial, I don't know, but I love the marketing of WeWork. I love how everything in the beginning, at least, was very branded with we. I feel like I couldn't even say the word we, like, you know, just like colloquially and just, and not feel like I was like inundated in that world. Um, But I loved how everything you just, it was branded. It was all together. It was very simple. You knew that you were in the we world of some sort with their branding. And I love that. Um, I'm also a big faith person. So I follow this church called Elevation Church. I love their branding. And I love, it's, I, I think marketing that is so impactful to me is when you can just see the logo and you know, you, you just know, you know what I mean? You already know what's yeah. happening. You're in the world. And I think that's, that's really incredibly effective. Yeah, the powers of brands that kind of unify themselves as symbols. So, you know, like you mentioned the we, it's like you you mentioned that and I could instantly visualize myself in a WeWork mm-hmm. or like what differentiates a WeWork from something else. And mm-hmm. you kind of knew it not only just by the visual identity, like the WeWork logo, but even the experience that was wrapped yes. around that. And that was something uh, when I was chatting with Brady Josephson in the studio recently, he talked about brand and kind of the power of brand, but it's not just the visual identity. It's the experience and the care of how that, how you feel when you're interacting with the brand. 100%. Can I read you a quote? Yeah. I've got to read you this quote because it's, it's like on my phone and I was just talking about it, but it says, your people are the embodiment of your brand. 
Your people are the embodiment of your brand. And I love what you were just saying because we think about branding sometimes, especially if you're like from a small grassroots organization as something that's so out there, but it's like, no, everyone who interacts with you is a part of your brand. Every single time you send an email with care, that's your brand. Every single time you design something, how you show up, is your brand, right? And if you're showing up consistently, if you're showing up with intention, if you're showing up with care, you're branding. You know what I mean? And so Absolutely. it could be a good or a bad thing. I don't know. It's like, oh, Lord, everyone's watching. But no, if you're, if you're always mindful, that's a part of your brand. Yeah, and I think that last thing is super important. It's being mindful of what type of experience you're crafting and with mm. intentionality or purpose. Because you may want to be a brand, let's say you're like Rolling Stones magazine, where you kind of want people to feel like pushed back or kind of like elevated when you engage with it. Or UFC, right? Like their thing is like fierce and fighting and like, like, let's put our faces together and yell at each other and then Mm -hmm. weigh ourselves in or something. I don't fully Mm -hmm. understand UFC, but (laughs) some people do. Okay, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But some people are also like clearly for those types of brands. And right. they're clearly communicating who they're not for. Yes. And so it's that intentionality to what you want to stand for mm. uh, and then conveying that at every interaction, whether it's your visual mm-hmm. brand or in the experience someone has mm-hmm. when they just like visit your website or give your people mm-hmm. a call or bump mm-hmm. into someone that works for you on the mm-hmm. street. It all matters. I love that you just said it's like, you know if you're for or not for something by a brand. You know what I mean? One of the things I love about Give Butter, and I know we'll talk about Give Butter a lot, right? But one of the things I love, love, love is that we are just a fun brand, right? Like our 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 um icon is a dancing butter, right? Like we just know, you know that what you're going to experience. And so many people love that experience. They love the people that they get to interact with. And that's one of the things that drew me to the company right away. You know what I mean? It's like, we want to have a brand where we want to create truly a butter way to give, right? Like a fun, engaging experience for people that they're going to have fun throughout from start to finish, right? And so I love what you just said, because it's like, you will know, yes, this is my people or no, this is not my people from a brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, you mentioned Give Butter, which is where you are now. We already mentioned that you were previously at the Volo Kids Foundation. But take us back. Like, What was the squiggle that got you into doing what I refer to as purposeful marketing? Ooh, so, you know, it's so funny that you say that because I didn't realize, I, I first of all, what I just, I want to say I love this podcast and I love what you said before we even started um, recording is that like, we're trying to reach people who are professionals, um, who are in nonprofits that do marketing, right? Like they don't necessarily think of themselves as a marketer, but they're doing marketing because that was me. I didn't think of myself as a marketing person. I was just like, okay, well, I need to do this. So let's launch this thing. And we got to reach out to all these people and just do what we needed to do. Um, and it wasn't until coming to Give Butter and now my boss is the director of marketing, right? Like I didn't realize that that's what I was actually doing until it became official, right? Um But I had been and have been working with grassroots organizations my entire career, right? So my senior year of college, I spent some time in South Africa. Anybody who checks out other podcasts that I'm a part of, you will hear this story because it was probably one of the pinnacle moments that have like shaped me and shaped why I do what I do. Um, But I worked with this organization called the Bocamoso um, Youth Foundation. And I was in South Africa working with the Bocamoso Life Center. They're, They're connected, but they're different. So the Life Center is in Winterfeld, South Africa. And Winterfeld was actually during uh, during the apartheid government, <clears throat> it was like it was a township that was almost like created and they 
kind of segregated a lot of the Black um, people in South Africa into the Winterfell area. And so it was largely, um, you know, mistaken care of. It was largely avoided and largely, um, you know, under underserved, if you if I could say. And so even today, the people are feeling the effects of it, right? There's a lot of, there's high rates of poverty. There's high rates of, of HIV AIDS. Um, but a lot of the youth who went to the Bocamoso Life Center were singing every morning. They found this joy. And that was one thing that I loved, you know, yes, about this area, but South Africa in general. It's like, and my family is from Sierra Leone, West Africa. But one of the things I found is that there was so much joy, right, seeped into what they were doing every single day. And the youth who went to the center, you know, became teachers, were becoming engineers, were becoming, you know, professional musicians, were doing amazing, amazing work. And so my senior year, I did a project there and I said, what is happening? There's something different in this space that the rest of the world needs to know about. And I was, um, I was completely enamored. I fell in love once I got there. Those people are still in my heart. I still communicate with a lot of them today, a lot of the youth there today. Um, and I, when I came back, they were organizing a tour to fundraise for the center. And I was like, I got to help whatever we can do. And if you saw how packed the audience was when they finally got to the States, they ended up raising over $300,000 on that tour. And after that was over, I was like, I get it. Like, I want to keep doing this work. I'm a, I'm a singer. I'm a musician as well. So finding ways to bring together the arts world uh, and then social impact and purpose-driven work, I was like, okay, I need to, this is my jam. Let's figure this out. And so from there, I ended up continuing to work with other small grassroots organizations. The first organization I worked with was, it's called One Common Unity. And it was so much fun working there. We went from a $30,000 budget to $300,000. Um, and then that's when I was like, oh, I guess I'm a fundraiser. Like I kept scratching my head and I was like, okay, this is what I do. Like I'm, I'm here for this. And then eventually to Volo. But when I was at Volo, I, something kind of started to shift inside of me. I was like, hey, I'm learning these principles and I'm realizing that it's not unique to me. Like the challenges that I'm facing are not just my challenges. The, the nonprofit down the street is having similar challenges. And particularly for people of color, right? Like I'm a fundraiser of color. I'm a black fundraiser. And I realized how hard it was. Like certain doors were just not opening, right? Like I was writing the grants, right? But I didn't know the person who was delivering the grants, right? And I couldn't get invited to the table of the people who were, um, you know, issuing the grants, right? So I said, okay, how are we going to, and I'm either going to play the game and operate in the system, or I'm going to figure out how to make the system work for me, right? And I'm going to mm. figure out how to, to learn how to mobilize um, fundraisers on my own. I'm going to have to learn how to actually build a community from scratch. I'm going to have to, dare I say it, pick up the phone and talk to somebody, right? They don't, they don't do that no more. But I picked up the phone and I talked to somebody, okay? And so I realized when I was able to find and reach a lot of success there, right? Like when I left the operating budget, when I, when I, I was the first major hire, our budget was $80,000. We ended around $800,000 in a short amount of time. And I was like, you know what? I want to take this to other people. And I want to be able to do this at scale. And I want to be able to figure out a way to do it at scale. And at the time, Give Butter was still on this come up, right? Like I was employee number six and we're quickly approaching 46 employees right now in under two years, which has been so crazy. Um, and I reached out to our CEO, Max. I DM'd him on LinkedIn because uh, I went to school with him. Uh, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, I want to dig into something you just said, because you talked about your career path, right? And you started by saying, you know, I'm not a marketer. But then you just went on to describe what we as marketers dream of, where you're rallying mm. people together, you're connecting supporters or stakeholders or whatever it is, maybe it's your members to this story or to this cause or purpose, mm -hmm. like that mobilization, that community building 
is doing marketing. And even now, as you sit in the community and partnerships lead type role, there's such overlay of like community building and mobilization and what marketing is. And sometimes Mm. we say marketing and we're like, ugh, that's Mm -hmm. that's what like Coca-Cola and like maybe like Elon Musk and a few other people do. (laughs) But like, I don't do that. I community build or I fundraise or I mobilize members or connect with them. And for me, like marketing is just about purposeful connection. And like it's purposeful connection in the way that you're connecting someone to each other that have like-minded beliefs, maybe through shared experience or belonging, you know, uh, through branded engagements or even being supported by us or supporting a cause together, Mm. Uh, but also purposeful connection the way that like I want to do something and the the bridge is the marketing to Mm. that that outcome. Uh, And you kind of talk through that. Uh, in your work. I love what you said because and I literally get so fired up about this, but it's like, I, I literally, they're going to call me, okay, you're, you, you oversee partnerships. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's community and partnerships. Like I went back and I was like, it's gotta be here. So I can't actually do it. Right. Because <laughs> anybody in my belief, my core belief is that anybody can build a business, but not everybody can build a brand right? Everyone can get a transaction, but you can't build trust, right? And one of the things that differentiate those is the community, right? It's the people, it's the heartbeat. We're all marching to the same beat. We're all walking together. We're all supporting one another, right? And we're working towards something big, right? And I feel like without community, it all just falls flat. You know what I mean? It's just another social media post. And I'm like, child, in today's day and age, your social media post and your quick quote is not working, right? Like if there's no community and no meat behind it, it is going to fall by the wayside. And I think we're seeing that, right? Like we're seeing that. Hey friends, Emily here from Feather, taking a pause from this stripped down conversation to share a quick story. The International Justice Mission, or IJM, is a global nonprofit with a mission to end childhood slavery in our lifetime. Each year-end, IJM runs a holiday gift campaign that gives supporters real-life stories of the impact a gift can make. But as another year drew to a close and goals got bigger, the IJM team decided to partner with us to level up their digital campaigns. IJM used Feather's nonprofit marketing platform and support from their Feather co-pilot to launch multiple campaigns around the web to expand their reach to a larger audience. The result? They brought in $109,500 the highest amount they had ever received through digital ads. By meeting their donors where they were, IJM was able to close out a difficult year with a big win. Feather is trusted by nonprofits of all shapes and wingspans, from the arts to animal welfare and everything in between. Don't rely on magic this year end. Use Feather to streamline your digital marketing campaigns and exceed your goals. Learn more and get started today at feather.co. That's feather without the last E, I'm sure people are like walking down the sidewalk, listening to this, bobbing along and being like, heck yeah. (laughs) Or they're in their car and they're like, you know, jamming out at the stoplight and they're like, they're shaking their head and they're like, yes, I I agree. I hope. (laughs) However, the hard part about this, and this is what, you know, we want to get into on Mm. the podcast. It's an unplug session is it's not just about what we're trying to achieve, but it's like, how do we get there? Correct. And I'm sure there's been successes and failures uh, mm-hmm. along the way uh, and learnings, you know, padded into those failures. Mm. So let's let's get into that. Like, I would love for you to describe maybe 
when you've built community or you've done a campaign initiative that was successful? And what did you learn from its success mm. versus when a campaign or initiative didn't go as well? And what did you learn from that? Yeah, so I would say um, a campaign that I'm really, really proud of is our Give Butter Gives Back initiative, but more specifically, our Black Philanthropy Month campaign that we just did. Um, so Give Butter Gives Back was, <laughs> it's so funny because the first iteration of this flopped, okay? Like it did not do super well. And it was like the first year I was at Give Butter and I was like, and it was actually when Give Butter was paid, right? Give Butter is a 100% free platform now, but before we had, uh, it's always been free, but we used to have paid tiers. Um, and so Give Butter Gives Back, I created it and I was like, okay, well, we're going to, give give 50% off or we're going to give 100% off these free tiers and it's going to be great and we're going to help the underrepresented and all the different things. If, there, if you notice a thread in me, I love to give things back. I'm like, just give out the money, okay? Let's give it back to people. <laughs> um, but, I, and it, but it didn't do very well. People signed up, but we noticed that, um, you know, people weren't necessarily converting into actually utilizing the platform or there was like, mm. there was things that were missing from it. Right. And, and like I said, you can kind of give things away for free without that long-term buy-in. Right. Um, it doesn't go deep. And I didn't want to just go wide. I want to create things that go deep. Right. And so it didn't go well. And we kind of, and also we got rid of sales. So we kind of stopped and, and discontinued the program. And I was bummed because I had this whole vision. But let me tell you, this is a good example of it. First, you don't succeed, but I keep on trying, okay? Because fast forward to Giving Tuesday a year later, I was like, you know what? Giving Tuesday is such a big thing, you know, and there's so much noise. How do we create some kind of way to differentiate ourselves? How do we create some kind of way to also just like take the pressure off of people on Giving Tuesday? And I was like, well, how about we give money away? Like everyone's asking for money and we're a platform that helps people give, you know, raise money. But I was like, how about we give money, right? And so we gave away $50,000 and it was, it was amazing. It was so cool to see the spark. You know, it was so, it was, it was so wonderful to see the people get involved. Um, but even then it wasn't, it wasn't the colossal success that I knew it could be, right? Like out of all the accounts that were raising money on Giving Tuesday, only a small percentage of them were from this Give, Give, Give Butter Gives Back program. Fast forward to Black Philanthropy Month. So for those of you who don't know, Black Philanthropy Month is really focused on highlighting, um, you know, Black-led nonprofits. Um, historically, Black-led nonprofits receive significantly less funding than um, uh, white-led nonprofits, even doing similar work. And so I was like, this is a very specific niche, right? I'm specifically targeting Black-led nonprofits or nonprofits that predominantly support Black communities, right? I was clear about it in our ads. I was clear about it in our marketing. I was clear about it in our partnerships. And I was clear about it when I was asking our current partners. I was like, hey, I want your help. But right now for this campaign, I only want Black-led nonprofits. So everything that I did was clear, right? Giving Tuesday was clear, but it was very like everybody, right? This one, I, I narrowed it down, okay? Fast forward and we're looking back at the results. August was our highest sign-up, our second highest sign-up month in GiveButter's history. This last August, 2022, the year of our Lord is what they say, was the high, second highest sign-up month in GiveButter's history. Our ads were incredibly, uh, imp performed incredibly well, like probably the, um, the, the lowest spend that we had on ads across the board. And then also not only did it perform well for our business, but it performed well for the nonprofit. So at the end of the month, the nonprofits ended up raising over $350,000 in four and a half weeks, four and a half weeks. And 
Okay, we gave away less money this time too. Not because we didn't we, we didn't want to um, be able to give that support, but because I leaned on other partners who were giving away money and giving away other things as well. So it was not just me. Yes, we led the charge, but it was a collaborative effort, right? And so together we go further. Come on, somebody, right? And <laughs> so I brought in other people and I narrowed myself down. It was incredibly specific. And again, it was probably one of our the best campaigns I've done this year. Yeah. I, I want to highlight, so awesome success, super encouraging, and I hope our listeners understand how amazing what you just shared was because of the underrepresentation, because of the limited funding opportunities for mm-hmm. Black-led uh, philanthropic efforts and how you guys were able to lead the charge. But there were some things, for the sake of learning, because we're here to mm-hmm. learn Come and on. apply this to to the listeners' uh, organizations and the the, the the work that they're doing is the first thing you said was that uh, you gave away something, even though you were doing reciprocity. And we know in marketing, like reciprocity is huge. Like think about Costco samples, right? Mm. Like you give away a sample, you buy. Why do they keep giving away samples? There's a there's a concept of reciprocity where someone gives us something we want to return the favor, a kind mm-hmm. of a behavioral psychology thing. However, you were giving away something, and it was like it was right. like it wasn't even crickets. It's just. Mm-hmm. Nothing, mm-hmm. right? Or you didn't have mm-hmm. as, as effective. Mm-hmm. And so even though you're giving away something, then you switched and said, hey, nonprofits are trying to raise money. Let's give away money. Yeah, It ended up working. So it was like aligning what you're giving away, not because you could, like, hey, we'll give you our technology. It's great. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, people would get it, but then they wouldn't really activate. Mm-hmm. Whereas then you're like, hey, we'll give you away money. And they're like, oh, I'll sign up. I'll activate. I'll get this and I'll get exactly, it done. Exactly, exactly. And so the key I want to highlight here is it's like reciprocity, but it's like, audience-driven value, not company. Like, GiveButter could give away the platform. Mm-hmm. But people are like, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking mm-hmm. for money. And so by going up and saying, hey, our audience is looking to raise money, we're going to give away money, drives the activation, drives the performance, and people have more success. 100%. So that was takeaway number one that I heard there. The second thing, which I'm only going to touch on briefly, which is so true in any work that you're doing, is that you didn't let, you didn't get discouraged <laughs> And stay discouraged, but mm. you tried something again, just differently. So you said, oh, what did we learn from that? So just because it didn't go as well doesn't mean it didn't work. Mm. But you took the learnings and then you did it again. You tried again. And that's key here. So many times we talk to individuals and we're like, hey, did you try you know, to do digital advertising? Or hey, have you done like X, Y, and Z, like, like peer-to-peer fundraising on how you and I met? And it's like, ah, oh, we tried that once, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. That's not what purposeful marketers do. People that do purposeful marketing learn through every experience and get better. They mm. don't use status quo like, oh, we tried it before language. That's not mm. the type of thing that listeners you are doing. You're doing something mm-hmm. different. So you showcase mm-hmm. that. The other thing that you mentioned, which I actually want you to share more about, is you said, hey, we clarified who we were for in the third iteration of the campaign. Mm-hmm. And how that then even bred further success in that. And I think that's something everyone can take away from. Um, How have you seen that also play out? Where like when you clarify who you're for or what this is for, you said we niched down and we had more success. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are there other examples of how you see how you've seen that work in uh, your work with at Volo or even with your customers at GiveBudder? Well, I think it really just goes across the board. And just a couple of things I want to I, I highlight, because I have to say, one of the things that I loved about the program, too, is that we didn't give money away to people who raised the most either. That was one of a big, a big stipulation that I had. It's not about how 
much money you raise. It's about how many supporters you have, right? So if you're mobilizing your actual community, because that's where the that's where the power is, and I want other people to see where the power is as well, right? And so that same thing, just to answer your your your, your most recent question, is that less is always more. You know what I mean? Less is always more. I mean, that's one of the things that I always say. And I think sometimes it's like, we think you got to do this and you got to do that. And you got to be on TikTok and you got to be on LinkedIn and you got to do this shuffle. And you got to do this. And I'm like, you just, we can't do it all. You know what I mean? You can't do it all. And I am a, a natural born person who just wants to wear every hat and do all the things. Hello, Enneagram 3. Okay. But try one thing and succeed. And also, I would also say, because I can say this because Give Butter, I'm so blessed. We have a, and a beautiful budget, okay? So we can try things and fail, right? It doesn't work the same when you're in a small grassroots organization, right? Because you're like, okay, well, if we fail, like I may or may not be out of a job, right? Because I got to fundraise to keep the doors open, right? And so what are other tests that you can do to get you through, right? So when I was with a small organization, when I was with a small um, nonprofit, Volo in the beginning, where my entire salary was funded by the uh, by the the board chair, right? We had to try different things. The first campaign that I ever did on Giving Tuesday, okay, that's why I love Giving Tuesday. But the first ever campaign that I did, my goal was to raise five thousand dollars. I had no idea how we want to do it though. We had no fundraising base. We had no donor portfolio. We had no development operation. I had a prayer, okay. I had a prayer and just a hope. What I did, though, was I told everybody, because we gave away free youth sports to kids, okay? I said, change your profile picture to a picture of you as a child playing a sport and share the link. That's all I want you to do. A picture of you uh, playing sport as a child and share the link, please. That's all. If you, if you do nothing else, do that, okay? Everyone did that. And not only did they do that, but people were commenting and saying, oh, my God, I, you're so cute. Oh, my God, I remember when I played soccer as a kid. Oh, my God, baseball means it. And they were liking and they were sharing and they were commenting and they were doing. We raised over $30,000 that first Giving Tuesday. Okay. And I, I realized something. I was just like, oh, my God, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about creating something that other people can latch onto. You know what I mean? And that is what it is when you say, when, you, when we talk about niche down, find the people who are going to latch onto what you're providing them with, right? If it's in your heart and it's solving a problem, it's going to resonate. But you have to figure out who are you solving that problem for? Or if you're a nonprofit, who resonates with that mission? Who wants to be a part of solving that problem? Who wants to come alongside you in, in changing the world, right? In the small sector that you're in. Who are those people? Find them. Bring them into your community, hone them, mobilize them, and send them out. That's what you got to do. Yeah, and that's incredible. I think the the other lesson that I took away from that soccer campaign picture, where you're like, "Hey, let's," ha- you're challenging your community to say, "Hey, go back to when you were a youth playing sports," and it doesn't matter what the sport was, or maybe it was just in your backyard or something. But like, take yourself back to this moment where you discovered this thing. And how you're actually transporting people back into an experience mm. that they have visualized now the impact that you're having through your organization to provide that same opportunity, that same excitement when you maybe catch the first touchdown or, mm. you know, you have a have a bigger friend come up and pick you up and like you dunk for the first time <laughs> right, uh, right, in like right. basketball or you get that adrenaline rush when you finish your first mile, whatever the sport was, but you're taking them back to feel that. And you're like, that's what we do for people. So I think the yes. other lesson hidden in there is like, how do you actually provide a, a pathway of experience for mm. your audience to feel what you're actually providing as an impact? That's uh, so and I good. think that's easier said than done in some organizations. 
Um, but as you're thinking about your marketing and saying, okay, well, what do we actually do? Hey, we provide youth access to sports. Okay, well, our audience probably was a youth once. Mm-hmm. I think all of them, all of them were. <laughs> mm-hmm. And maybe they played sports or at least had an experience with sports. How could we challenge them to go back to that so that they can relate more to the work that we're doing? Um, and that's an incredible lesson uh, to glean from there. And also, I would say, give people an opportunity also to get up close and personal with it too, right? Like for us, yes, everyone can relate to that opportunity of you playing a sport and whatnot. But then what do we do right after that? We get all the youth to write letters to the to the donors, right? And so now they're getting to a chance to connect on a deeper level, you know? And that's an, auto, an auto, automatic way for them to, to, to go even deeper. So I would say create real touch points as well so they can actually experience it for themselves. Yeah, it's closing the loop, right, on the impact. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're working in purposeful work, it's like, it's not always about maybe the, oh, I got, you know, this new cool water bottle or I got a new laptop from Apple. Like, it's not that, that's not the the transaction, right? It's mm-hmm. not that I'm giving money and then you're giving me something. But you are doing that. It's just intangible a lot of times. And so yes. closing the loop by saying, hey, here's the impact you've had on these kids. We're going to close the loop. Or even if you're a membership organization and you you rallied your community or your members to help implement a public policy, it's like circle back and remind them that that's what they did. They were a part mm-hmm. of making that happen. It's not just about the transaction. It's about the transformation. And you can mm. achieve that or access that by closing, closing the loop. Um, mm. And your example was perfect for that. We got to transition to a lightning round. But before we do, I want to know what's exciting you right now about marketing. Like what are mm. trends you're seeing or things you're seeing in the environment that is, you know, community building or marketing that really excites you about the here and now in the fall of 2022? I love that. I think video is so great right now. And I think that that's one of the, the tips that I have for, you know, organizations when they're trying to get started and all that different stuff. Like what do we lean into? Like, and, and also not even the high produced video, like get on your phone Tell a quick story, talk about something, and send it out. You know what I mean? And and that is an easy way to test, right? That's an easy way to do something and test it and see what comes back to you in real time. I feel like so many times we're so afraid of failure, but it's like you have to realize that, like, what I heard the best piece of uh, advice the other day of, like, you know, when you're making content, if something doesn't like hit, like that's okay because like tomorrow you can just send another thing out. And I'm like, it just transforms so much for me. I don't know why, but I was like, ah, if this one post doesn't go by, I'm like, no, like there are so many opportunities for your things to do what they need to do, but you have to be willing to go first. You know what I mean? You have to be willing to take that step. And so get on the video, do something, maybe you're recording one of your constituents, but that will make a huge impact. Hey, I'm William Henry. I'm the content marketing manager here at Feather. And I'm here to tell you about an amazing resource we have available for those of you doing purposeful marketing, the in-flight briefing. Every Tuesday, we'll send to your inbox the essential bite-sized information you need to take your marketing strategy from sputtering along to soaring. We think doing purposeful marketing is fun. So even though we'll be sharing a lot of new ideas and linking out to some thought-provoking content, we're gonna make this briefing feel like the most important part of the flight, the snacks. We know you have many options when you fly, so we hope you'll consider joining us in the air. Subscribe today at feather.co slash inflight. That's feather without the E dot co slash inflight. Are you open to doing some lightning round questions as we close out? Let's do it. 
So first up is what book on or relating to marketing or community building do you wish you read earlier in your career? Well, this is not a marketing book, but I love it because it's called it's called Essentialism. And the tagline is The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCohen. And I love that book so, so, so much. And I think it applies into marketing because it's all about like, take things away. We live in a world of more, but take things away. And that's where you're going to find your zone of genius. So that book, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, yes. Yeah, that's a good one. I've definitely read that one as well. It's on my bookshelf. And it's love it. It helps you reframe how to think about prioritization in the world filling up with more and more noise Mm -hmm. uh, and how to really look for those signals even too uh, in in your results and in your marketing. So that's a great one. Uh, Number two, what is your go-to marketing axiom? Or maybe it's just an axiom you lean on that kind of gets you going and inspires you as you build community both at GiveButter and in your previous roles. Well, besides less is more, um, I think also like create a good user experience. Like one of the things that I love about GiveButter um, is that our product is just great. You know what I mean? And we want to make sure that like every single touch point that anybody has, whether you're integrating with us on social media, whether you're coming to a webinar, whether you're reading a blog, whether any way that you reach us and you interact with us, it needs to be a reflection of also the great experience that you're going to have with our product. So create a great user experience from start to finish. Absolutely. And it goes back to what we already started, where your brand is the collective product of all the interactions someone has with your brand. Um, And that starts with experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a great one. Number three is uh, what are songs or what are three songs that really inspire you or that you couldn't live without? You know, we, we can find inspiration anywhere to, to kind of encourage us to continue doing the work. But what are three mm. songs you couldn't live without? And what does that mix tell us about you? Okay, so <laughs> I was thinking, I don't have like favorite like anything really, but some of the, the songs that are in my head right now, Break My Soul, Beyonce, obviously. Um, there's a song called Give You Blue by Alan Stone. And if you don't know who Alan Stone is, please look him up. He will bless your life. So Give You Blue by Alan Stone. Um, and then Imagine Me by Kirk Franklin. Cause I, like I said, I'm a singer. I was blessed enough to be on tour with, um, in the Maverick City Choir. And I would say that tells me that I am powerful i am pensive and i am persistent love it very purposeful it, come it's on with the the content of uh come on on the show uh last but not least who's blazing trails in nonprofits doing marketing or who would you like to see on the show like who's just crushing it where you're like man this person's leading this organization they're doing great work it could be a brand or an individual Check out the Black Fairy Godmother um, on Instagram. I absolutely love her. She is one of, uh, she's actually a new GiveButter user as well, but I was connected with her for a long time. That is the definition for me of purposeful marketing. It is not fluffed, it is not extra things. She is just so incredibly wonderful. I remember speaking with her and she was saying, hey, like, I'm a single mom. I wanted to, I needed support and no foundations wanted to support me. And there are other moms and other people who are just like me and having the same situation. And so she said, instead of waiting for other people to give me support, I'm just going to figure this support out and I'm going to go to the community. And she has been able to mobilize, you know, hundreds of thousands of people around the country to donate and actually give money directly to these people and help them pay rent, buy diapers, buy groceries. It is so beautiful and so wonderful because what does she do? 
gets on her phone and she just shares what's going on. She doesn't need all the extra stuff. And we get so lost in the sauce and I'm like, just do what needs to get done. Just go directly to your people. And she gets it to a T. So Black Fairy Godmother, check her out. That's what it's about. Purposeful connections. And it sounds like Black Fairy Godmother has been able to mobilize those. 100%. Floyd, it's always a pleasure to be able to reconnect and uh, reminisce about what's going on in marketing or community building. Uh, in my point of view, it's all the same. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your expertise and shared experience. We'll see you again soon in the studio, man. Noah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. One thing that you said that I wanted to address, but I didn't get, I didn't want to type and you hear me typing in the thing. So I couldn't remember it, but I think it's really that. I think that I just, I always like to focus on just like the stories. You know what I mean? Focus on the stories. We don't focus on the stories of our donors enough anymore. I feel like it's always just like, Hey, let me send this email. Let me get this donation. It's like, I was talking to somebody else about this and I was just like, man, like we forgot, like, what philanthropy means. You know what I mean? Like philanthropy means like the love of humankind. Right. And I feel like we forgot the love, you know what I mean? It's all about the love of the next dollar or the love of the next grant or like the love of the next email open. Right. But it's like, if you just focus on like actually loving your community, so much will change. You know what I mean? Like so much will change. So much will be impacted. So much will be different for you. Um, So yeah. Remember the love.